This week on the Good Future Podcast, we're celebrating. We've made it to episode number 32, and so I'm doing something a little bit different for you, my listeners, to say thank you for sticking with me on this journey. While we talk so much about social impact and the business of sustainability, I wanted to shift the perspective to ask, what is the impact of podcasting? To do it, I've reached out to some of Australia's best voices to get their view on why podcasting has boomed in popularity and how this unique form of engagement aligns with the new breed of businesses who are driven by social impact. First up, I was lucky enough to get some time with Jules Lund. He's the founder of the very successful marketing business Tribe. And with many years in TV and radio, he remains an important thought leader about all things digital media. Next up is Rachel Mason-Nunn. She's the host of the Goodwill Hunters podcast, and she has a special place in the heart and the origins of this show. So stay tuned for that one. I also spoke to Glenn James, who is flat out managing the success of his show, My Millennial Money, where he helps this much maligned generation of young adults understand personal finance. He does it with a dose of humor, and it's clear there's plenty of demand for financial advice without the jargon. And last, but certainly not least, is Tommy Jacket. This guy is a content producing dynamo, and his show, which is aptly titled The Daily Talk Show, is Australia's only podcast that releases a show every day of the week. It's a mammoth effort for him and his co-host, but he's committed and he's learned a lot about the unique nature of podcasting and how to keep an audience engaged. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was completely indulgent. It was a great excuse for me to contact some A-plus podcast talent and have a chat. There really are some solid gold insights in there that I think everyone will appreciate. Either way, let me know by leaving a comment or a review, and you can find links to all the shows I mentioned by heading over to my website, johntreadgold.com. All right, let's dive into this very special episode of the Good Future Podcast. Here we go. First cab off the rank is Jules Lund. Jules is the founder of the pioneering influencer marketing platform called Tribe. After success in Australia, it's now taking off in the US and the UK. But winding back a decade or so, and some of you may recognize Jules from his earlier days as a radio and TV host. He was on Getaway for years, and he was an icon of the Logie Awards. Now, Jules was a showbiz insider, but what made him unique was his ability to take an outsider's view. He recognized early on the impact that digital media was having on marketing, and he moved early. His company tribe was born, and as it's grown, Jules is still an influential thought leader on all things social media. So it was a thrill to get his perspective on the evolution of the social impact movement, how major brands are adapting, and how new entrants are getting ahead of the old guard with a focus on purpose. So first up, here's Jules. I'll be really honest about my understanding of social impact. I've, over the last few years, pretty much had my head firmly planted up my ass with my own entrepreneurial ventures that for me, often I ask myself, how do I try to do more good through my company and um, be more philanthropic? And I, I find that a bit of a wrestle because it always feels like we're under-resourced and we've never got enough money, let alone giving it to other people because it feels at times we're in survival mode. 
But what I'm learning more recently, and I'm talking this year, is how critical it is to not only your company's purpose, but in employee engagement. And I see it now like I used to say to my friends, I'm exhausted, and they'd say, because you're unfit. And I'd say, well, what would you have me do? And they say, you should go to the gym. And I'll say, so I've got no energy now, and you want me to go to the gym and waste more energy? And they would say yes. And sometimes I feel like that around social good in a company. You feel like it's taking things away from you or it's costing you more, but actually the return on investment is what actually pulls all of the other things back in line. I'm fascinated by, I suppose, the time in history where it's being realised that brands, marketers and corporations could be the most powerful change makers for social good. And I think some of those things that have shifted more recently is that people have made an enormous amount of money and they've still done good and the world has stepped back and said, that's okay. So what I mean by that, early on, Tom's, you know, buy a shoe and and those without them get another pair. It was just social enterprise. And then all of a sudden, the consumers started to demand that. And so they started to back companies that had purpose, which made boardrooms around the world go, holy shit, this is good for business. Like, literally, this is a reason why consumers are considering our brand over others. And so everyone's started to move in that direction and they've had courage there by corporations saying, right, we're going to actually try and do good and we're going to do it authentically. I think what's happening is where they've been trying to go down a certain path to make money, right? So as a marketer, if you're not focused on good and you're just focused on making noise and all that sort of stuff, it's almost like you're hitting the brick wall with the same head over and over. But all of a sudden, people are saying, no, turn around and actually do something good for people. It's actually triggered innovation where they've turned and Adidas or Adidas has gone, right, we want to do something for ocean plastics. Imagine we were to take it all and turn it into shoes. And then all of a sudden, when they go out there and they release that pilot and they sell out, And then they say, we're going to sell $2 billion worth of these shoes. Now people are backing that. And not only is it taking plastics out of the ocean, but Adidas or Adidas are being loved by their customers over other brands and the shoes are being practical. So it all starts with the consumer. They're voting with their money. But what you start to realise is, Corporates have so much enormous power to change things, whereas charities don't. And when you think about it, charities are so much more ineffective at changing the world than a brand or a corporation. And that's offensive to say, but good intentions in this world don't create change. You know, I mean, it can. There's the story of thousands of charities that have these great intentions, but no one knows how to run a business. But imagine you had huge businesses, great, smart, innovative thinkers, renegades that are actually trying to crack a social problem. So that's a really exciting time in history where now that those corporations are given permission to do good and that we are happy with them making a heap of money, 
well, now the floodgates can open to, to really changing the world. And you've got your own podcast, Face to Face. How do you think podcasting can have an impact? The through line is just trying to be a storyteller. So I did graphic design out of school and then I became a TV host. And so from there I became a radio host and then I moved into um, social media and that's where I got bitten by the bug to understand just how um, the depth of relationship that you can create online. You're not even seeing them face to face, but then all of a sudden you could actually build these small tribes and it actually broke down traditional media. You know, and what you've got to understand about traditional media is it is just a blip in the historical scale, right? Years ago, it was just small tribes sitting around a campfire or uh, in a theatrette, and then it became mass broadcast. But what social media does is it means that people can share stories across a campfire, but the campfire is across the globe and you're sharing it on a certain platform. Where podcasting comes in is I, I think it's a fantastic little niche that sits in a more intimate space than other traditional mediums. So, for instance, TV, when I was a TV host, it was like I was on the stage and I was talking to the audience, but they couldn't talk back, right? It was just one way. Radio felt like it was personal. It was like the audience members were eavesdropping into a personal conversation with friends, right? That was radio. Social media was two-way. Where podcasting, I think, sits in, it's immersing yourself in a longer, more in-depth conversation. The engagement is far higher because you're going on a journey. Your attentiveness is through the roof, right? It's not being distracted by too many ads, etc. So you're having full immersion. But I think where podcasting works really well is when it's tied together with social media. And so you have podcasting, but as we know, it goes hand in hand with Twitter because, you know, the conversation continues. And it's a growing space. Admittedly, every man and his dog's now releasing a podcast. I think if a millennial even has a half-decent, meaningful conversation over a couple of beers, they usually stop that conversation with their friend or stranger at the front of a bar and saying, we should have a podcast on this. (laughs) So I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's a slow starter. I'm loving our chat today, Johnny, but literally in my bio, my LinkedIn is no more podcasts because it's going to become, you know, nice and ubiquitous as another form of media rather than just relegated to celebrities or it becomes more niche. How on earth anyone makes money out of it is difficult to know, but it's great for promotion. And it's great for getting a message out, especially around, you know, the bigger issues like social impact, which isn't sizzle radio. It needs really meaty discussion. My next guest is Rachel Mason-Nunn. She's the host of the Goodwill Hunters podcast, and by day, she's a social development specialist at one of the major management consulting firms. Now, Rachel may be my youngest guest so far on this podcast, but she's also had the most influence on me personally, and that's because it was Rachel who initially pushed me to start the Good Future podcast. So I've wanted to have her on the show for a long time, and this was the perfect episode to get her view on how podcasting can have an impact. She offers some solid insights, but the one point I agree with the most is that the best part of this podcast adventure is having the rare opportunity to speak to very intelligent people who are doing some impressive things in the world. She's grateful for the opportunity, and she works hard not to take it for granted. And that's a big part of my mission here too. So here we go with Rachel Mason Nunn. 
I think podcasting has an impact in the same way that any kind of news media outlet can have an impact. And podcasts are ultimately a medium via which people can learn. And I think they present a medium which can be a lot more authentic than other news sources. And I guess for me, a lot of our interviews come down to authenticity. There's no broader agenda. There's not necessarily even a set topic, but we're just having an authentic conversation and really spotlighting a person who is at the forefront of whatever issue it is that we're talking about. But I think it has an impact primarily in the sense that it can educate people and it's educating people in a really honest, up-to-date, authentic kind of way. What would you say sort of more personally, what's the biggest impact that podcasting has had on you? you know, your life and your work and all that sort of thing. I think what was exciting about what I do is I never started this for an audience and I never started it for it to become any sort of source of income. I didn't have any broader agenda. I started this because after a few years of working in the not-for-profit sector, I found myself going, where are the private sector partnerships? Why is the private sector and the not-for-profit sector so siloed from one another? And it was a really genuine question for me. I was at a point in my career and my studies where I was just like, you know what, I just want to write some answers. There wasn't really any trajectory that I saw this going down. It, first and foremost, I needed to create a show that provided the information that I needed that I couldn't find. It remains that and even recently I had to prepare a presentation for work and the source I went to was my podcast. Like I went back and I listened to four of our episodes and I like fervently took notes as I as I listened and it kind of hit home to me what a great resource I'd created and how dense the information contained in each episode was. <laughs> so I mean I think if nothing else my podcast helps me with my own work presentations but I get really heartfelt reviews from some of our listeners who do say things like we listened to your podcast in our board meeting last week. It helped us with this strategy discussion we were having. And that's all I ever wanted it to be. It's a, it's a resource that's useful and practical for me and, and now also is useful and practical for the sector, I hope. And what are some of the key challenges? Whenever you take on a new hobby that you get really excited about, obviously it takes time away from other things in your life. It's like discovering a new TV series and then suddenly you've got this new commitment that you didn't know you were going to have with a podcast and particularly as the listener numbers grow and there actually are people that are waiting every week for the episodes I think it does risk becoming another part of your job like just another task that you have to do week to week and I mean we're all so busy and especially in this sector I find we all have a tendency to take on more than we can because we care about social impact and you know we want to help and we want to do good things so I guess for me it's added to the fact that I'm already extremely busy and I think something that I have to work on really consciously is never recording an episode editing an episode or designing our schedule for the next 10 episodes if I'm in a bad mood like if I'm feeling resentful of the fact that I've got this extra thing to do and how annoying and I just I just want free time like I recognize that I always have to come at this with the right energy and I always have to come at it with a feeling of positivity and gratitude for what this podcast has done for me and for for our listeners I can't schedule anything important after my podcast like if I have like deep sort of thinking work that I have to do, I can't do it because I'm so buzzing. I'm like on a high, like I go to the gym, I go for a surf, like I plan things afterwards to, to wind down. I think it's also a bit like going for a run. Like it's one of those things that you never want to do before, but then when you're doing it, you're like, yeah, this is great. And nine times out of 10, I am always really keen to record an episode, but 
you know, on that off chance that I'm just feeling a little bit tired and a little bit over it, it's always two minutes into the interview that you're like, wow, like you're so impressive. And you just kind of start to absorb all the goodness and the wisdom that they're sharing with you. And, and it reminds you why you do what you do. And imagine it's the same for you, but like I'm such a big believer that you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And I'm really conscious of who I spend the most time with. And I think it's awesome that a good portion of time every week for me is spent with like a super impressive, inspiring person who I've got to seek out and and ask to have a conversation with. And I feel really lucky for that. I feel lucky that these are the sorts of people that I get to have day-to-day interactions with, you know, that I'm in a position where my life is pretty full of like highly impressive people. (laughs) So I think that feeling of gratitude always kind of trumps everything else. Next up, we have a podcast host who is working hard to help the millennial generation to better understand the world of finance. Glenn James' show is called My Millennial Money and he's managed the tricky balance of explaining personal finance with both humor and empathy. He was a financial advisor in years past, but the show's become so popular that he's dedicating himself to it full time. Glenn's gone deep into trying to understand how best to engage people through the medium of the podcast. And he offers insights about the intimacy of sharing ideas through audio and the responsibility we have to be honest and authentic when people invite us into their ears. So here we go with Glenn James. I think podcasting can have the greatest impact because a lot of the time with podcasting, it's actually intentional. So when I jump in my car, zip around to the corner store or the cafe or whatever you're doing and you know the radio might be on, that's not really intentional. That's just in the background, right? But with a podcast, I've got to open an app and actually allow that voice into my ear. So number one, you've got permission to be in an intimate setting with somebody. I don't know many people who go to bed at night listening to a free-to-air radio channel, okay? with I just don't know that. They may, but there's plenty of people that get into their bedroom in their bed and listen to podcasts. Now, that's a very intimate space, right? So you have this amazing opportunity as a podcaster to have the maximum amount of impact with your content and message because someone is one, let you into their life, into their ears, into their head, and sometimes into their bed. Like, so that's a very intimate place to be in. And I'm always intentional when I press record on my podcast that I'm not just pumping out a message to thousands of people, right? In my mind, and I've said it on my show before, I'm talking to you who's on the ring road or whatever it is around Melbourne. I'm talking to you who's on the the freeway driving to work in Perth. So I think as a podcaster to have the most impact, you've got to do it for the one and be intentional, be vulnerable because that listener is being vulnerable because they've let you into their private world and you have permission, so you can't abuse that. And I think, interestingly enough, like true crime is a big thing at the moment. And as an example of why audio, I think, is more powerful than video, number one, there's more chances that you've got time to listen than to watch. So out on my morning walk this morning, I have the headphones on, I'm listening to stuff, right? I'm not going to walk along and watch something. When I'm in my car, I'm not going to watch something. So if I'm, you know, 
unpacking a dishwasher, I'll probably have something playing. So number one, uh, audio is good because there's more chance for people to listen to it. And then if you want to turn it up to 11, there's more chance of people being able to listen than to read and particularly with the patients and whatnot in terms of books. Mm. But I think it's more powerful than video because, and swing it back to my comments on true crime, you watch the Netflix series, Dear John, for example, and you see the characters and the director is actually, and the people who have made the show, they've actually made it lazy for you to watch because they've given you what the character looks like. They've given you the scenes. But if you listen to the podcast, Dear John, for example, or any story or anything real, you imagine what the character looks like. You imagine the surrounds. So I think it's this extra element of your mind while it's heavily engaged it's more creative because it's creating the spaces and the people and the characters and the story based on what you think they appear like our final guest has gone deep down the rabbit hole of podcasting he wasn't satisfied with launching any old show so he went all in and along with his co-host he's been producing an episode every single day And they've been doing it for more than a year now. Tommy Jacket is certainly committed. This show is aptly titled The Daily Talk Show. And with so much experience about how to engage an audience, I asked Tommy how he feels podcasting can have an impact. Well, podcasting is pretty unique in that, you know, um, when you're reading a book, you're reading the words with your dialogue going on inside your head. So you're thinking about the words, whereas... The intimacy of a podcast when you're in someone's ears, they're hearing your words. And so I think it's like more powerful sometimes than someone reading something that you've written. So I love that there's the ability to have long form conversation. Conversation is nuance and there is ebbs and flows. And, you know, you might stuff up how you communicate one thing, but you make sense of it five minutes later, which is what podcasting allows. And so the impact you can have in terms of building a community, building relationship with a listener is super strong just from the the medium itself. Good stuff. And, and how do you think it compares to video? Yeah, I think video you can't watch while you're driving although i've seen some people driving with it on their dashboard and watching you know joe rogan or some video uh, which is pretty dangerous but i still think there's like the barrier for video is still there so i think video is powerful because you can get the visual element the auditory element and you know that can be really stimulating but there's something intimate about being in someone's ears when they're going for a walk or they're doing the shopping. Probably the most powerful thing is, you know, people listen to our show, The Daily Talk Show, while they're doing their freelance work. My wife, she listens while she's at her <laughs> at her job, which is probably not the best thing, but she can do two things at once. So we're not, we're not demanding this huge attention from our listeners because it's, you know, our banter and we go deep, we keep it light, we have fun, we sort of ebb and flow in that. So somebody can consume a lot of our content, which then is really, really powerful. There we have it. Some podcasters on a podcast talking about podcasting. It doesn't get much more meta than that. And while I think they all agreed that podcasting is an intimate experience, 
They all got started in this modern form of storytelling from different angles and for different reasons. We live in a world of rapid change where digital disruption is sweeping away the old and replacing it with the new. But podcasting is bucking the trend. It's the simple art of recording a conversation and sharing it. The technology isn't new, but it offers space to slow down, to go deep on important issues and to get lost in the weeds. And for my part, I think that's where the magic happens. So thank you for following along with Good Future so far. I'm having a ball. We're approaching the one year anniversary. And as long as you guys hang around, I'll keep digging deeper into the business of sustainability and, uh, and the impact we can all have with how we spend and invest our money. So thank you and stay tuned. Ciao for now.